This is the Thanks for Sharing podcast, the podcast where we explore all things recovery, healing, and relationship. Remember to subscribe and download episodes in the iTunes Store, the Google Play Store, or on the Podbean app. You can find more Thanks for Sharing at www.thanksforsharingpodcast.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash healingpaths. That's path with an S. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Thanks for Sharing. I'm John T. And I'm Jackie P. Uh, So before we get rolling on the episode today, we have an exciting announcement to make. Uh, We teased this a little bit a couple episodes ago. Um, But our website for our uh, dating and recovery intensive is ready to go. It's very exciting. A lot of work put into that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, onelayerdeeper.com. That's spelled spelled out. out. O-N-E layerdeeper.com. Um, and so you can find out more about our dating and recovery intensive there. We've already talked to a couple of people who have called right. in from us teasing on it. And um, we feel like we're hitting the mark on this yeah. for what people are wanting. In- Generating a lot of interest. I've ha- I've talked to a couple of therapist colleagues who are like, this is such a great idea. I can think of multiple clients already who would benefit. But we've also, like you said, we talked about it a little bit in an episode a couple of times mm-hmm. ago and already had somebody who emailed us and we've had a phone call who was like, yeah. this is what I need. Yeah. So um, watching the next uh, couple of episodes, we're going to be uh, talking more in depth with Amy from Worth Recovery, who we're partnering mm-hmm. with on this Um so we'll give some more specifics there, but um, yeah, and and just to clarify, because I had a, a therapist friend ask me about this. Um, so this would be for males or females, uh-huh. um, addicts and partners. Yep. Um, but have to have some sobriety, right? So yeah. not new to recovery. Mm-hmm. You've got to have some recovery going. You have to be single. Ready in that place in your in your sobriety uh, as you work with your sponsors, you work with your therapist. That um, dating is part of your healthy sex yeah. plan. So, but this isn't just for addicts in recovery. This yep. may be for partners who are no longer married to their addict spouse, yep. but looking at navigating dating in recovery. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We're having it in a beautiful location. Um, It'll be a great time of year. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, lots of opportunities uh, for real-time experience and uh, conversations with other people and yeah we're getting really yeah. really excited about it so go check that out one layer deeper spelled out.com yeah um and also a reminder if you're interested in doing some individual uh intensive work with jackie or i that's something that we do yes um still loving doing that and having a lot of success with people that we normally wouldn't get to work with because they live across the country but yeah. um yeah so lots of options to further your recovery there um, we wanted to start this episode with an email we got from our listener, uh, our listener, one of them. Sometimes it feels <laughs> Hopefully like Hopefully we have we, more than one, but <laughs> we don't hear from you guys often and we love to hear from you. So, um, this email, uh, is going to be the basis of our topic on the show today. Mm-hmm. Um, so this man writes, hi, I discovered your podcast a little over a month ago and I've been binge listening. I just listened to episode 49 this morning with Amy from Worth Recovery. After listening to her story, I wanted to suggest a topic on the opposite end of the spectrum. My wife identifies as a sex addict, and we were both working our own side of the S fellowships. I was very much able to relate to Amy's story as I was attending meetings for eight months before another man in the pro- before I met another man in the program, and that was at a regional retreat. I would venture a guess that the number of male spouses of sex addicts in recovery is very small. And some of the support needs are quite unique as society has a very one-sided conditioning of how a man should deal with a cheating wife. I struggled for a long time on the idea 
of being a man, a quote unquote man and staying with a woman who has betrayed me in this way. Maybe there's a show topic in that. Who knows? Anyway, thanks for the great podcast and allowing me to work my recovery while I sit in traffic. Um, so yeah, this brought up a lot uh, for us and we mm-hmm. want to tackle this head on, not so much from the side of if you are a male partner of a sex addict, um, what do you need to do to mm-hmm. get into recovery? But more, I think some of those barriers that even make it hard for us to say there are male partners of female sex addicts. Right. Well, I, I think he hit on a couple of things um, that that maybe we can start with. So I think uh, both men and women partners experience this shame, right? And sometimes uh, uh, just hurtful comments, insensitive comments, mm-hmm. that there is this idea that if your partner cheats on you, you aren't satisfying them sexually. Well, and I, I think that's different for men and women. I, mm-hmm. I think that element is there. But, um, you know, we talk about men having this insatiable sex drive, and that's just right. how men are. Yes. And, and this is how it breaks down different yeah. based on the gender of the partner, right? Yeah. They both get the message. It's hurtful to both. It's mm-hmm. not helpful to either gender. But we're going to talk about how this breaks down, particularly for the male partner. Yeah. So, so there's this idea if you're a real man, like you know your way around the bedroom and right. you can certainly please your woman and you can't have enough sex. Mm-hmm. So what a g- great idea to be married to a female sex addict. Mm-hmm. Like that would be such a great Every man's dream, right? Yeah. Um, the truth is it's not about sex. It's right? not about your ability to perform or please. And um, if I could put out a call to society, stop telling that story. Right. It's not true. Right. Um, it doesn't help anybody. Um, and it leaves a lot of room to be confused when our sex lives, which I think tend to be very complicated and there's lots of twists and turns, it tends to make that tends it tends to make us think that it should be really simple and uh-huh. it should be really straightforward. Right. Well, and you and I have both had this experience working with male partners, where as we start to uh, explore and pull apart the sexual relationship, where you know we ask some variation of this question of did you want to have sex like that mm-hmm. or was that you want sex these terms? helpful for you yeah mm-hmm. and get that look of like what is this question nobody's ever asked me I don't mm-hmm. even know how to begin to sort through that question mm-hmm. right because there is just so much harmful messaging to men that says you will take sex however it looks and yeah. be happy with that yeah so to start to, I would say, em- empower males in a s- healthy sexual way is very different, right? And all of a sudden they start to come face to face with the unhealthy messaging that they've always gotten. And that's very mm-hmm. painful for them. Mm-hmm. I think especially um, for men whose wives cheat on them, I think that puts them smack dab in the middle of those painful mm-hmm. messages. Um, and there's a lot to confront there on top of the pain of being betrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, it really puts your sexuality as a man under a microscope. Right. Um, well, and, and it is a shame, you know, and unfortunately women being cheated on. Um, I mean, you may not, you know, just be openly talking about it at lunch with girlfriends cause it mm-hmm. is shaming, mm-hmm. but if you were to say, you know, my husband cheated on me, you're going to find other women who are like me too. Like yeah. I get that pain, right? That isn't the same for male partners. It mm-hmm. happens, mm-hmm. but their experience with that, right? Like 
I'm not surprised that he went eight months before seeing another male yeah. partner show up at a meeting yeah. because they don't go to meetings, mm-hmm. right? Number one, they know there's not other men there. Mm-hmm. The shame that they would feel of going and saying that I, is I think, different. I think even the fear of walking in the door and somebody saying, your meeting is over here. Right. Because you're a man. Oh, clearly, we've had men talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Where they're, it's assumed, oh, you're the addict because mm-hmm. you're a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think there's a... We, we actually know therapists who don't believe that women can be sex addicts. Right. And so this whole paradigm around a male partner, um, I, I don't think it's something that's widely supported mm-hmm. out there. And right. I don't think it's something that's even widely understood. I, I find myself, when I'm working with a male partner, um, I need a lot of help and I need a lot of supervision and I need a lot of insight mm-hmm. into that because it isn't something that we see every day, but that's not because it doesn't exist. Right. Or isn't even really common. I don't know that we know how common it is. Yeah. Um, and, and I think this also falls into a similar category that we see with men who were sexually abused, Mm -hmm. right? We, we have some numbers on that, but we know they're probably not real hard numbers, right? Mm -hmm. They're not real accurate because again, when, when we go back to conditioning of little boys, and then teen boys, and then into male adulthood, um, there is this idea that men can't be sexually abused, mm-hmm. right? Because they just will have sex on any terms mm-hmm. from anybody at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for them to recognize themselves as an abuse victim. Well, and particularly when men are abused by women. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that the culture talks about that is you got really lucky, man. Like what a stud. Yeah. Um, And I think too, when um, I think in the culture, when we hear about female sex addicts who are married, it's like, just keep that nympho at home. Like you've got such a great setup. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, I think it misses the pain. And I think it's, whether you're a male or a female, I've seen this phenomenon a lot. People very confused about why they would want to stay after their partner cheats Mm -hmm. on them. Um, and I was, uh, I was recently talking to somebody who found out about multiple affairs from a partner. And she said, you would think after the first one, I would be done. Certainly after the second one, and for sure after the third one. Um, and I said, I think we all like to think before we get there that we would respond in this mm-hmm. way and we'd be so strong and nobody cheats on mm-hmm. me. Um but I think until you're in that situation, you have no idea how you're going to respond. Well, and the reality is those who are saying, I would not put up with this, are the ones who, A, don't know if they are putting up with it. Right. right. Because it's still right. been kept a secret. It's easy to say I wouldn't put up with or, it. Or they're projecting onto some future thing that might happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And we always like to think, well, if I'm ever put in this situation, I would do A mm-hmm. or B. Right. And. And that's easy to do when we're not there. Yeah. So the people who have actually been there, though, are not the ones speaking up. Yeah. Right? Whether that's the shame, whether that's I just can't deal with the, the pushback or the judgment mm-hmm. or the criticism. And so typically the ones who have actually gone through it say nothing. Yeah. And the ones who have no experience with it or don't know say. that they have experience <laughs> with it are the ones speaking. Yeah. And that's not helpful. Yeah, um, it brings up this other phenomenon that we see a lot with male partners, this phenomenon of cuckolding or mm-hmm. feeling cuckolded. 
Um, so talk about what that is, because not everybody knows. They may have heard that term, but not know what that is. Yeah, so um, I think there's a bird that's actually called the cuckold, and what the cuckold does is it um, lays its eggs in another bird's nest. Mm-hmm. It pushes out the bird's own eggs, and that bird hatches. It takes the, over. The, yeah, it takes over, and it raises the young. Um, so for men, it's this sense of I've been supplanted, I've been replaced by someone who's a better lover than me, more manly than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I don't think that has a biological basis. I think that almost 100% has a cultural basis. A, a socialization A socialization basis, basis is that, that piece about um, if another man is with your woman, that's not her problem, that's your problem. Mm-hmm. You weren't enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the women that we see with uh, male partners uh, who have affairs or who are success, we see a lot the same thing, but it hits men differently because um, the images of manhood that we've had for generations in our culture have been the John Waynes, mm-hmm. have been, um, you know, the guys that... The Don Juan. The Don Juans, the guys that come on the scene and they control everything. And the, the images of women that we've had for decades that only recently are changing, like last, when was it? When was Wonder Woman? Last summer? Last mm-hmm. winter? Yeah. The first time that we had a female superhero lead that was a box office success. Right. Um, we're only now just start, starting to get a picture of women who are not. Um, who, how was it? Somebody at my at one of my modules put it this way: Women are supposed to be sweet, sexy, and submissive. Um, like that's the only that that's the image we've had for a long time. Right. So so when we don't have a place in our culture to think about men whose spouses have cheated on, where that men do, where that man doesn't say. Well, we're done. Yeah. And get out. Well, and I hope our listeners have a similar reaction to to what I did um, or had an, a reaction, you know, to when you said that if a man comes along and sleeps with your woman, then that's your problem, not her problem. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I just had this, like, ugh response to that, right? Like, that is so wrong on so many levels when mm-hmm. you say that. Mm-hmm. And yet that is common thinking. Yeah. Like I've thought that way before of people or in shows when I see yeah. that happen. Right. Like it's so common that unless we say it, and that's why I want to rewind to that. We just are like, yeah, that's true. I think even for the men um, who are betrayed in that way, they think about it as someone was with my woman and we have to do a lot of work with them. Which totally objectifies the woman and doesn't make her accountable, right? right. So we're, we're infantilizing her. Mm-hmm. I always have to slow down with that word. Um, so we're infantilizing her that, like, she just, I don't know, I just, whatever way, oh, he made yeah. me feel good. Like, and so in that way, she isn't held accountable or looked at as a responsible human being, her sexuality really isn't hers. Yeah. Can't, we can't trust her with her sexuality. So, but then we also are then making him responsible for it. Well, and, and so there's this angle of unburdening, moving away from that space of this was my woman and somebody trespassed. Mm-hmm. Um, not just to unburden the woman who is objectified in that and possessed in that, but the man who sees himself as he's supposed to be able to possess somebody. Right. He's supposed he's to be supposed able to, to own, own somebody. somebody who is not uh, willingly being owned, right? Which yeah. she shouldn't be. But again, it's that like... It's an impossible standard You're for supposed both. to corral your horse. Yeah. And 
you know, kind of break the horse mm-hmm. to be domesticated. And if if you can't, what's wrong with you? And I think this is an angle in working with male partners to understand that not as a, hey, you're possessive and you got to back up from that. Mm-hmm. But look at this ideal about manhood that you have swallowed hook, line, and sinker mm-hmm. without evaluating, like, why does it make me feel this way? Why do I feel so insecure and inadequate as a man all the time? Yeah. Um, it's a pretty crappy deal we're selling men. Yeah, yeah. It, it you, you may feel inadequate and crappy all the time, not because you're inadequate and crappy, but because you took on this ideal of manhood that you didn't even evaluate, does this represent me? Right. Is this something that I even want? Right. Um, Is it even realistic for me to be totally responsible for another human being and what they mm-hmm, do? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's where we can see with a lot of our male partners um, I'd say more so with our female partners, we see this possessiveness come out mm-hmm. in the male partners. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think we see an ego that is different with female partners, mm-hmm. right? We see this ego, and I'm not saying that in a negative way because I think with the conditioning, of course, mm-hmm. we run into the ego. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that can be missed in the Essanon rooms and the support for partners uh-huh. that ego piece um, because when men bring that to the table it's really easy to look at that and say you're chauvinist right or work on or Or no wonder she cheated on yeah yeah we really have to start understanding that um when when men present for help and there's protest or there's Uh ego that's actually a cry for help well and it's also a way that they're protecting the much more vulnerable emotions Mm -hmm. um that we don't really give men permission to Mm -hmm. exhibit because then they're weak Mm mm-hmm um, and, and so that ego is a way of taking up the space and expressing the hurt and the sorrow mm-hmm. and the all of that stuff that is actually there behind the ego. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's one of the reasons I really wish that um, more male partners would come out of the shame and into the recovery rooms mm-hmm. or into therapy. Um, because I think men who have betrayed, been betrayed need to talk to other men who have been betrayed. Mm-hmm. And they need to be able to express it as men express it. Right. And even say things like, my woman, and then have a chance for the group to say, what a crappy deal for all of us Mm -hmm. that I'm supposed to possess her or that this is supposed to work out this way. Um, Or that you're to blame when it doesn't. mm -hmm. I I think that's another thing that uh, men who uh, have spouses that are sex addicts face in the recovery rooms is if I'm a man and I'm in a room full of women my conditioning says I have to protect them and I have to hold back. It's not my room to have emotion. And so there's almost this, uh, I don't think it's intentional, but there's almost this emotional castration Mm -hmm. when the man walks into the the room because he's been conditioned to defer to the females Mm -hmm. when it comes to emotions Mm -hmm. and to feel like, well, I'm really behind in emotions because I'm not a woman. And, you know, again, we we say women are emotional and men are not. Mm -hmm. That's so not true. Right. That's so not true. Um, I'm thinking about a client uh, that was in our trauma, one of our trauma groups, right? And and our trauma groups, the way that we run them here, um, they are mixed gender, mm-hmm. right? And they're mixed, like we may have a male addict and a female partner. Mm-hmm. So they're mixed addict and partner and they're mixed genders. Um, and so I'm thinking about one of the men who initially when he came to us, he was identifying as a male sex addict, mm-hmm. which he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but what had been missed, right? We weren't the first stop on his treatment round. And so he had been referred to us after being in therapy with somebody else. 
Um, but what had been missed was that his wife was also a sex addict. Mm -hmm. And we saw it was much easier for him to work him as an addict than it was him as a partner. Uh Right. And again, some of what we talked about with those shame things, but we also saw when he was in that trauma group, um, he had had some sobriety, you know, he'd worked on a lot of issues. Um, but when he was in that trauma group, the female partners really allowed him to get in touch Mm -hmm. with those emotions that he was uncomfortable feeling and expressing. Mm -hmm. Right. And they, in some ways, led him into that emotional work that mm-hmm. I don't know that we could, I couldn't have get, gotten him there an individual. Yeah. I just don't know if we, if we could have led him there without the females really seeing and acknowledging his hurt and his pain. And I would mm-hmm. say, you know, which we didn't really know this when we put him in that group or referred him to that group, that really what he was going to work on is the uh, trauma and the emotions around being a partner. Yeah. But they allowed him that space. And the other, there were other male addicts in the room who were very respectful of that work that mm-hmm. he did and kind of talked about some of their own pain mm-hmm. just in relationships, whether those had been dating relationships or mm-hmm. family of origin. It, it was just a nice way for everybody to be respectful and not kind of bring in the stereotypes. I think yeah. everyone left that group uh, with stereotypes that they walked in with they did not walk out with i think it was beautiful because it got to be about a man in pain yes and what his pain was not about what he had done and there were times i remember he wanted to take himself there well i shouldn't feel this because i did a lot of crappy Uh things too and that was another thing i saw from the females in the group saying that's not what we're working on right right that's not what you need right now and being able to say what she did to you wasn't okay Mm -hmm. right like even even all of her societal conditioning that makes her helpless or victim or whatever, mm-hmm. it wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we want to speak uh, directly as we're getting toward the end of this episode. We want to speak directly to the men who are out there who have been betrayed yeah. um, by their wives. I don't know that we have any um, real clear cut, do this and you'll be fine or go here and, and you'll be fine. Right. Besides the regular, like if there's meetings available in your area, make use of those. Yes. Take what you take what you can and, and take what's useful and leave the rest. Yeah. Now, sometimes I, I find, too, that uh, some states just don't have strong, like, S fellowships when it comes to, like, S-Anon. Yeah. Um, go to Al-Anon. Yeah. Um, and you'll find probably more males there. Many more males there. Um, but that's okay, right? Like, you can go to, you can kind of switch some fellowships again uh-huh. because, like Carver taught us in his episode that, you know, it a healthy meeting is focused on the solution, mm-hmm. not the problem. And so mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter if the problem's the same. But yeah, get to a meeting and begin to share. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in that as well, if you're in a position and, and want to find a qualified therapist, uh-huh. um, there's CSATs. There's also, I can never remember the acronym, the Certified Partner Specialist. It's like APSATs or something APSATs. like that. Yeah. Like A P S A T S, I want to say. We'll we'll find it out and we'll put it. We'll in the, put it in the, the link. show notes. Um, but we wanted to kind of close with some of our hopes for yeah. you. Um, and as as a me speaking as a man who has not followed a traditional heterosexual male arc, meaning I don't get sports. When people talk about it, my brain shuts off. <laughs> um, I love sharing stories. Um, I 
when I was younger, I would much rather be behind a canvas with oil paints than I would on the soccer field. Mm. Um, so as a man who grew up feeling um, like my manhood wasn't enough and that I wasn't male enough, my hope for you um, would be that through your healing, you can know that you are enough and that you're masculine simply because you're a male. Mm-hmm. And that's the only that's the only qualifier for being masculine. Well, and, and just that whole, I, I mean, I, I really think that, I mean, I, I think it's different, but we're talking about male partners. I think for men to, like you were encouraging, to grab a hold of masculinity and require the definition to be expanded mm-hmm. because it's so narrow mm-hmm. and in many ways so not healthy mm-hmm. that being able to claim your masculinity, whatever that looks like, and require the definition to be expanded to include mm-hmm. men. Yeah. Right? Just men. And whatever those issues are, to start to be able to talk about those, to be able to, you know, I, I had a male partner I worked with who I recommended the book, Healing the Shattered Heart. And he just had a hard time thinking of himself as a shattered heart. Mm. Because men are strong, yeah. right? They don't get their heart shattered because that would be weak. Mm-hmm. And it was so um, sad as we kind of talked about. Wow. And, and we're able to start to unpack. I mean, his heart had been shattered so many times over mm-hmm. his life. Mm-hmm. But he could never really do that healing work there because he wasn't supposed to have a shattered heart, right? Yeah. So he just kept scarring it over, scarring it over. Um, and it was some beautiful healing work as he was able to claim that his heart, like anybody else's, can be shattered. Mm-hmm. And that it's not okay to treat him in a way that is not respectful, that mm-hmm. isn't caring, that isn't um, recognizing him as a human being who mm-hmm. is breakable. And and in that, I, I want to, mm-hmm. um, again, um, praise the listener who reached out, the man mm-hmm. who reached out and said, my experience is not being spoken to. Um, yeah. m- my hope for you male partners out there that may be listening and any of you men out there who may be listening, um, if you don't feel like what you're going through is being spoken to, speak up about it. Yeah. Um, you well, first, because you're right. Yes. It's, it's not being spoken to yeah. and the resources are not there. And they should be. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have a right to have those resources. You have a right to your story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is how we really start um, making those resources available mm-hmm. is knowing that there's people who are out there in pain mm-hmm. um, and knowing it's not even that there's enough people. If if our listener who wrote this was the only male addict or the only male partner out there, we still would have recorded this episode. Right. Um, because it's about the pain. It's not about the person. Right. It's not about whether or not they should be in that pain. It's about the pain that exists now. Mm-hmm. So thanks for reaching out to us. Um, We hope that this spoke more fully to the pain that you're experiencing. And we hope that you continue on that journey and that there are more resources that open up for men. Remember at the end of this episode that your story matters. Remember there's something meaningful in every chapter. Don't wait to share your story till it's finished. Share your story with us on our Facebook page, Healing Paths, Inc., or on our website, www.thanksforsharingpodcast.com. 
This podcast is solely for the purpose of information and entertainment and does not constitute therapy, nor should it replace competent professional help. At the end of another episode, we want to remind you that nobody has time for perfection. We are pursuing progress. Remember the prayer of the perfectionist. Help me remember I can't do it all. Help me to take things one step at a time and that the only step I need to focus on is the next right step for me. Help me to remember that life is a journey. Help me to be able to separate all that I'm learning from all that I have to do. Help me to remember that I am not alone, that I can ask for help. Help me to, re- to strive for frequent awakenings, not mastery. I am enough. Amen.